Welcome to the Oral History at Shippensburg University podcast, episode two. In this series, students studying oral history at Shippensburg University of Pennsylvania share their projects. We've dedicated the spring 2019 season to the subject of disability. We will be discussing the experiences of educators and activists who have spent time working with the children with disabilities, the efforts of college campuses to address the needs and experiences of their disabled students, the formation of Shippensburg University's Disability Studies Program, and we will be assessing three distinct platforms that highlight disabled sources within oral history. Welcome. In this episode, we have interviewed Paula Mady and Tony Devine. These interviews were conducted by Dustin Schreiber, Michelle Moser, and Christine Musser. These interviews were based around the Office of Disability Services at two universities in Cumberland County. We will compare the services at the private college of Messiah College and the public college of Shippensburg University. Before we get into the main portion of our project, we would like to talk to you a little bit about the rules and regulations that govern higher education. First off, we have the uh, Rehabilitation Act of 1973. This act was passed. Um, Section 504 of this act is what we'll be looking at. Section 504 prescribes uh, certain accommodations available for students and uh, people in general with disabilities. This act is regularly associated with higher education and education at all levels. Um, Past that, we have the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, and the further updates in 98 and 2008. Now, both these up, both the updates were just extensions and clarifications on the Americans with Disabilities Act, or the ADA. The ADA uh, is a broad encompassing act that brings a lot of the uh, Section 504 to a level of higher education. This serves the purpose of allowing us to have reasonable accommodation for students with disabilities. Reasonable accommodation is a statement that means that students must have equal access to information. For example, if a student is blind, they're allowed a note taker. If a student, uh, but the student is not able to just not take the class at all, or the student might be afforded extra time on an exam however, not afforded a take-home exam or an open book, open note test. These, were, these would be considered significant changes to curriculum and therefore not allowed at a higher education level. Now, the reasonable accommodation at universities has seen many changes over the years, uh, and these changes will be discussed in our interviews and our uh, following program. The uh, differences between universities will also be discussed. Uh, We look forward to keeping you on our journey, and now we're going to talk a little bit about the interview of Paula Mady at Shippensburg University. Shippensburg University's Office of Disability Services was founded in 1998. Uh, this is when Paula Mady first came on. Uh, she is the interviewer that we have for this segment of our podcast. Paula Mady came on in 1998. She previously had worked with dis- disabled veterans and other peoples with disabilities. She had her master's degree from Bowling Green, Texas. Um, she said that this was her dream job. Uh, she retired in 2016 after... 
uh, her retirement, her deputy took over, uh, who shortly retired after. And the department is now headed by a director by the name of Shelby, who we were not able to secure an interview with. A little bit more about Paula Mady. Uh, during her, so how she started with disabilities was that her mother had polio, and you can hear her talk a little bit about this in this clip. Um, my mother had a disability, a significant disability, and always used to tell students, I was in first grade before I realized that not all mothers wore braces and used crutches. Uh, my mother had polio, and uh, she graduated from high school, went on to the University of Mississippi, got her Juris Doctor there, went to work for the Treasury Department. And But I do remember my entire life she would talk about the issues she ran into. As you can tell in the clip, she is very passionate about disabilities and advocacy. She, in fact, uh, knew that the little changes were what made big differences. The little changes in life could make gigantic differences, and this was how she approached uh, the disability services at Shippensburg University. By making the little changes, by, by stretching her meager budget in the beginning of her time here at Shippensburg, she was able to increase the productivity of the university's disability services office, as well as increase the services that were offered. This has helped many people over the years. When she started here, the office was only 25 people, and when she left, it was closer to 600 people, which is close to 10% of the campus. Before Paula started here, a theme that we can recognize throughout the interview was that Paula always stated that before she started at Shippensburg University, the university itself was very disorganized when it came to um, the access to accommodation. Accommodations were, for classroom accommodations, were given by professors. One of the most common accommodations to her, uh, according to her, was extended time. And in this clip, you can, um, she alludes to the amount of time that was spent getting accommodation, as well as the inconsistencies in which accommodation was provided. Students would, um, if they needed extended time, which is probably the most common accommodation requested, they would talk to the professor directly. Uh, and there was no, no following the guidelines that are, uh, were set out by AHEAD, which is the Association for Higher Education and Disabilities. I did. She is very passionate about the organization system that she set up. From this clip alone, you can tell that how much she cared about the students' well-being, and even more so, how much she cared that they had a quality education. Not only did she uh, make sure that students got what they needed in this for extended time, but she also made it so that it was an equitable and well-meaning solution. Throughout the interview, she consistently uses what I consider as a negative they and a positive we or I, meaning that she addressed a problem with the college or the university and said, this is what I did or how I tried to accommodate the issue or 
how we as the Office of Disability Services tried to accommodate the issue. Now, these clips are normally 10 to 15 minutes long because she's a very good storyteller. However, uh, in this clip, you will see how she uses the negative they and the positive we or I in order to illustrate her point and also put disability services in a positive light. Uh, this is not to say that she did not do these things and these things were not positive. It's just an interesting way that she looked at it as an us versus them rather than as uh, why, why aren't we working with them. Um, with this being said, she did retire in 2016 and uh, we got to her retirement and she was able to train her staff and keep up a good staff as well as a very positive portrayal of people in disability services um, and was able to expand the Office of Disability Services a lot. Um, this portrays a very passionate woman who did poured her heart into her job. She struggled through her job and she made a very small budget in the beginning work for her and she continued to extend and increase the services provided by the Disability Services Office. Through the public college that is Shippensburg, there are slight differences with Messiah and you will hopefully be able to see those through our next segment of this, where we uh, go through the interview of Tony Devine at Messiah College. Hello. I am going to share with you the format of Messiah College's Disability Services Program. Um, first, I will uh, share a little bit of its history, and then um, I will go into the interview that I had with Tony Devine, who uh, is the assistant director of Messiah College's uh, Disability Services. Um, Dr. Keith Drain, uh, a Messiah College professor and who also had a background in special education, started the program in 1996. The services were housed within the education department. Uh, the administrative assistant for the um, education department also helped uh, Dr. Drain with the disabilities services program. Uh, one of the things that she would do would she would get a list of books that students would need, and for the students who were was were visually impaired, uh, she would record the books on a cassette recorder, and then the student would later uh, listen to the recording. The students were um, determined to be eligible for the program. Uh, through psychological testing, and um, and if they were physically disabled in some way, then it would be uh, an, an official letter from the physician, their physician. So one one of the things that they did start, um, Dr. Drain started, was the academic coaching program, which um, helped students with study skills and um, how time management and um, 
how to to organize, be organized, and and structure themselves in order to to be successful. And there's also were many other things. Uh, basically, it was um, you know anything the student needed, uh, they could come to disability services uh, to uh, get some help. Um, then um, the the program grew. When Dr. Drain started the program, there was only like 10 to students, and then it grew into 25, and it would, you know, just keep growing. And um, where the college eventually saw the need to hire someone uh, to uh, actually run the program, and that's when um, Amy Soddy uh, was hired uh, as director and then about a few years later, uh, Tony Devine was hired as um, assistant director uh, of the program whenever the, the program was growing. And there was only just uh, the two of him, the two of them, the director and the assistant director, and uh, which you will, you will hear the 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 clip there where when as he's describing that and and ha, the tone of his voice and the excitement in his voice and then you know with this being a Christian college how he then expressed um, literally thank God um, for the the help uh, that came then in the nick of time um, with the grad student and the administrative assistant and you will hear that here yeah I think we were under a hundred students when I got hired or just around a hundred mm-hmm. uh, and then in the, in the next three to four years we, we over doubled so now we're at two so we're almost triple when I first came when I first got mm-hmm. hired as far mm-hmm. as how many students were serving um, and actually just to give you a, a little sample size our for several years uh, after I got hired, our fresh, our first year class, along with transfers, I think were 25 students. Uh, and then, you know, however we, however many we lost with withdrawals or gradu- graduates from the prior cl- senior class. But this fall, we had 50. So we doubled, you know, from the la- I think the last three years it was 25. It was 25, 25, 25, and boom, 50. So thank God, good timing with with Dean, our administrative assistant, our grad. So, so it, it, in some ways, it was like, oh, we would have extra help to take care of. What it almost didn't feel like that because we, and plus we had double the student, students mm-hmm. that we used to for that class. So with that, um, there, the the similarities, um, as uh, was said in the earlier. Um, Com- earlier comments that will be shared with you about some of those similarities between Shippensburg University and Messiah College and, and the examples that I gave you in the clips will, will be a part of that. That's all for this episode of Oral History at Shippensburg University. We'd like to thank all the oral history narrators who participated in our project and who were featured in this episode, Colin Mady and Tony Devine. We'd also like to thank the Communication and Journalism Department at Shippensburg University for generously allowing us to use their audio lab to record our project. Thank you for listening.